0: Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. Title this, Wise Men Still Seek Jesus. Wise men still seek Jesus. How many know that? so, So when you hear me say wise men, I'm referring to people. I'm referring to men. I'm referring to women. I'm referring to boys and girls. So wise men still seek Jesus today. They sought him 2,000 years ago, and they're still seeking him today. Each one of you here today are wise people. Wise people. How many want to be a wise person? Amen? Not a smart aleck, but a wise person. Amen. Would you stand with me? I want to read from Matthew chapter 2 and verses 1 through 12. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And again, this is on, the text is on the wise men. And um, let's begin in verse 1. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi, or wise men, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. Verse 6, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. Uh, For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi, or the wise men, secretly, and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped. Over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And verse 12. And having been warned... In a dream, not to go back to Herod, they return to their country by another way or another route. Let's pray this morning. Father, again, we thank you for your word this morning as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that you give us understanding today that we might comprehend, Lord, what it is that your word is telling us this morning on this Christmas Eve day. And we thank you for your word in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him before you're seated. Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. Now, let me just clarify one thing for you real quick here. How many have a manger scene at home? Raise your hand if you have a manger scene right now. You have a manger scene? Let me ask you another question. Are the wise men in that manger scene? Raise your hand again. Okay. Okay. And I know you probably didn't, don't have wise men before a reason. Because they weren't there when he was born. Did you know that? And, and this, this story here, what we have to remember is the, the wise men saw the star rise. They had been foretold about signs. They were astrologers. They searched for signs. God always gives us signs, doesn't he? He always points in the right direction. But these men traveled a great distance, and I'm going to get into that because wise men still seek Jesus. But the Bible says they came to a house. Did you catch that? When I was reading that, see, Jesus wasn't born in a house. He was born in a manger, and most theologians will tell you it was actually a cave, cave dwelling where where the the, the pasture was or next to the pasture where the animals were kept. And so, at any rate, the 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 Magi or the wise men didn't come to the place where Jesus was born. They came much later. They say it could have been anywhere from six months to up to two years after Jesus was born. I just wanted to throw that out there because most of us don't know that or haven't heard that, but that's Bible right there. So secondly, the other thing is, how many wise men were there? Three. But did you know, the Bible doesn't say how many. It says there were three gifts given. The gold, the frankincense, and myrrh. But the Bible never mentions that there were three wise men. It just says the wise men. And I find that interesting because it could have been three. It could have been 12. It could have been 33 for all we know. We don't know. So another thing, um, the more you dig into God's word, is, is my point here, the more the truth comes out. Amen? So getting back to, to the, the story here, Herod is... In Matthew chapter 2 and verse 16, he ordered that all babies under the age of two be killed. Now, why do you think it was two years? Because I believe that's how long it took for him to realize that this king of the Jews was born. See the, the the wise men when they came, they said, Where is the king of the Jews? And if you know anything about history, Herod the Great was one of the most ruthless leaders of his time. In fact, he was so paranoid and jealous of competition, he even killed a few of his sons from rising up to take his place. That's how paranoid he was. He was known as a ruthless leader, uh, this Herod was. So here he was, he heard about, oh, someone's, someone else is king of the Jews? And uh, they said, you know, the star had risen and it had been a while. And so he decided, well, every infant from the age of two years down... Uh, I want them killed. And that's why uh, we we believe that the wise men got there anywhere from from six months to two years later. Um, But at any rate, I just wanted to throw that out there for free. Amen. The the question I have for you today is, why did the wise men seek him? Why did they seek him? Verse 2 and 11 of of that text that I just read Says that they came to worship him, they came to worship him, and that is what we should all be doing when we seek the Lord: is to come to worship him. Amen. Amen. We worship him why? Because he's our Savior. He's forgiven us of our sins. He came to die on, born in a manger, die on a cross. For you and I, undeserving as, as we are, all of us are, undeserving. None of us here are perfect, yet that same Savior came to pay the ultimate price for all of us. Amen? Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about why they came to worship Him. And I have a, a few quick points, three quick points, four quick points, excuse me. Number one is, wise men still seek Him today, even 2,000 years later. Wise men, people that make wise choices, still seek them today. Today, you made the wise choice of being in the house of God. Why? Because you wanted your spirit to be filled. You want, your, your spirit was longing to, to honor that Jesus that we've heard stories of every year. Every year, we hear about the birth of Jesus. But you came here because you're a wise person. Amen? Amen. 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 These, these wise men, again, the Bible doesn't say how many. They came from afar off. The Bible says they came from the Far East, the Far East. Most Bible scholars believe that's uh, Babylonia and as well as uh, Mesopotamia or Persia, which is modern day Iraq. And that the wise men came from that area to, to worship this Jesus that they didn't know. They didn't know him. They had just heard these stories. So somehow they knew a little bit about the word of God. Somehow they knew about these signs, and in their astrology, it was a combination, a mixture of all this, and they were intellectual people, is what the the Bible tells us. These magi, wise men, were very intelligent. Sometimes the Lord doesn't get big numbers to come and worship him. He He doesn't necessarily need 7 billion people on this planet to worship him, you know that? All he needs is one person. All he wants is one willing heart. To come and worship him. Just like you this morning. One willing heart. Are you willing this morning to come and worship him? Amen. Amen. So, so these people had come from far away. And you know one of the things that makes you think. If you read the Old Testament. Daniel was imprisoned. Remember? Where was he imprisoned? In Babylon right? And possibly some of the stories he told to those people. Carried down. About this Savior that would eventually come. Carried down generation after generation. And these wise men possibly. The Bible doesn't say it. But I'm just saying possibly. They could have heard these stories. And, and, and known that the Savior would be born one day in Bethlehem. Amen. Because Joseph and the Old Testament prophets. They knew of these scriptures. They knew of, of the coming Savior. Amen. And so the wise men came to worship him. Again. Tradition says that there were only three, but it could have been 33. We don't know. They traveled a long time. How many of us live five minutes away from church and come Sunday morning? Oh, it's too cold out there. I think I'll just stay in my nice, comfortable, warm flannel comforter that I just bought on QVC. Oh, it's so nice and warm in here. Yet these men, they traveled over, over 400 miles the Bible says, to get to this place. Over 400 miles. And they didn't have nice freeway roads like we have today. They they traveled probably on camels, as, as the pictures in, in tradition and history have shown. Over a long distance, they made the sacrifice and the effort to be there. Amen? Are we willing to make that sacrifice to come and worship the king? Amen? They were in the east when they saw the star. Now that's the text that I read mentions that the shepherds were there in the hills nearby. They were there at the time of Jesus's birth. The shepherds were there. So if you have a manger scene with shepherds, you're good. But if you have a scene with Magi, wise men, you're unbiblical. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's fine. It's just we, we just it's just a little tradition. Amen. Now we know again that it took about four months to travel from Babylon to. To Bethlehem because there's a passage in the Old Testament in Ezra chapter 7 where it mentions it was a four-month travel from that point to, to Bethlehem. So we know that is about the length of time they would have taken the travel. Wise men still seek Him today, amen? They, they brought expensive gifts. Part of worshiping the Lord is giving of your time, your talents, and your treasures. But I want to preface that by saying God doesn't need your money, okay? Now, you don't hear too many pastors say that, but God doesn't need your money. The church doesn't need your money. What what God wants is your heart. He wants your heart, because if He has your heart, He has all of you, amen? How many found that to be true? These wise men, they came and brought expensive gifts to, to this king, this newborn king. We currently live in a time in a place in history here, especially in our country, where people want nothing to do with the church or the things of God or the Word of God. If they do have a Bible, it's covered with an inch of dust and sitting somewhere in a, in a bookcase or maybe on a, on a coffee table somewhere, like ours used to be when I was a little kid. We had a big family Bible, and it had pretty pictures in it. And I would look at the pictures. I would never read it. But I would look at the pretty pictures. But usually it was covered in dust. And, and uh, I had no interest in reading it. I just thought, wow, these are nice, these are nice pretty color pictures. That's all I ever thought of the Bible. And that's our generation today. Have, they have no desire to want to live for God, sacrifice for God, and or understand the blessings that God has for you, the purpose, the plan that he has for each of you. Amen. But yet you are here today. Wise men still seek him today. Amen. I, w- I just want to share real quickly. My father-in-law was a wise man, still is. When I met Anna 24 years ago, I met her. They were going to Sacramento, to church from Napa. It was an hour and 15 minutes, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Friday nights every week they were when the doors were open they were there they did this for 14 years 12 years at that time they were doing it Um, they continued to do that after I married Anna and brought her back here you know uh, which was a tough thing because her church was Sacramento and how, how many know you all have that home church that you connect with hopefully you all connect with this as your home church you all of us need a home church but the point is, my father-in-law was a wise man, still is today. His heart's always been in the right place. And he took his family. Was it a sacrifice? Yes. Was it getting up, getting up early, Gloria? Was that a sacrifice? Yes, it was. My wife's sister, Gloria, she knows all about that. Uh, probably since a little girl, she got up early, Sunday mornings. And they were there all day, Sunday. They didn't come home till probably eleven, twelve o'clock at night, 1 o'clock in the morning. And they had school the next day. They did sacrifices. Amen. At the same time, we should still seek him today, though. We need to seek him today. Amen. Wise men know that Jesus is the answer to the sin problem today. Wise men know that that's the answer to all the racial inequality, to the division in our country, to the Uh, political division in our country it's the answer is not the republicans or the democrats or the libertarians or president donald trump or whoever they're not the answer the lord is the answer Amen? amen amen see wise men seek jesus for the lost we invite people i constantly hear of Different uh, members here saying, Pastor Rick, I invited so-and-so. Pastor Rick, I invited this person. And that's wonderful because how many know Pastor Rick and my family can't invite everybody here? I have to count on you to not only invite, but I've encouraged you to go on social media, to, to go on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, any of these devices that use. Why? Because you instantly reach thousands. Thousands. Think of that. And Free. Where before you had to pay for tracks and I had to buy a a thousand and pass them out. Now I just tell you to uh, hook us up on on social media. And we're there instantly to tens of thousands of people. So that's what I need you to to encourage you to continue to do. Seek Jesus for those lost and unsaved family members. Amen. Proverbs 11 verse 30 says this. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. Who wants to be wise? We all want to be wise, amen? We all want to have wisdom. But he that seeks and that, that wins souls is wise, amen? Point number two, wise men still worship him. Wise men, wise people still worship him. It wasn't just good enough to worship him over 2,000 years ago. That's what we still do today. We did that today. But as I pointed out earlier, it shouldn't just be today. It shouldn't just be on this Christmas Eve or Christmas Day that we celebrate the birth of Jesus. It should be an everyday occurrence. Amen? Without worship, we will not become what God wants us to be without worship. And I want to talk to you about worship, but before I do that, let me share this on the unbeliever. Because here in the sermon text I read, Herod... Represents the response of the unbeliever here to the news of the coming Messiah. See, Herod, he told somebody, hey, go check it out. Go go over there. He didn't have time for the Lord. He didn't have time for the Lord. Here was the most powerful man in that region. He didn't have time for the Lord. Yet each of you took the time this morning. Amen. All of us need to take the time for him. He wasn't interested to go. And and the Bible says approximately four and a half miles to see for himself where this Messiah was. Man, if I was there, I'd have been all over that. I'd have taken an Uber, whatever. I'd have gotten there, hitchhiked. Well, we don't hitchhike nowadays, right? But he was more concerned that this presence of Christ, this newborn king, would interfere with his power. That's what his first thought was. Sometimes, as unbelievers, they think, oh, well, I can't go to church Then I'm going to have to start following a bunch of do's and don'ts. And and then I'm going to have to give up this and that. That's the first thing people think of. Rather than I get to begin this relationship with the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one that created the heavens and the earth, the one that formed me in my mother's womb, the one that says I I am wonderfully made in his image, the one that's filled me with his spirit. They don't even look on those things. Rather, oh, I have to give up this and that. And that's what Herod represented. There's still always going to be those unbelievers, right? We still, we witness to people and, and right away you can see it when they say, nah, I don't have time for him, nor do I want to make time for him. Unfortunately, that will always be the case, but it shouldn't stop you from continuing to witness to people, amen? Because we have to learn to worship him because of who he is. Worship requires giving, giving again of our time, our talents, our treasures. Here's two things that the Lord's going to ask you when you get to heaven. What did you do with my son, Jesus? What did you do with him? How did you respond to him? And what did you do with the time, the talents, and treasures I gave you? See, each of you have have these gifts given of time, talents, and treasures. And he he will ask you. He will confront each one of us. He will confront me. What did you do with the time, talents, and treasures that he's given you? Amen? And only you can answer that. Only you can, can honestly answer the Lord today how you're doing. Maybe this year in 2018, you want to take that to the next level. Lord, I want to be used by you in a greater way. than bring it on. Amen? Uh, let the Lord challenge you to grow because he wants us to grow. Amen? Worship requires giving. Can we worship Christ when we're stingy with God? No, of course not. And that's what I meant earlier when I said God wants your heart. He doesn't want your money, although it's a blessing. Somebody, we we have to pay for the for the lights here. We have to pay for this monthly uh, use of this place. Every every month we rent this. And we pay a monthly fee, we pay for the things that you see around us, we pay for those. And that comes through the giving of each of you, amen? And we greatly appreciate that. I will never ever uh, not tell you that we appreciate that. We greatly appreciate that when we need that. But, however, God doesn't need your money, He wants your heart. Amen. He wants your heart, amen? amen? When He has your heart, He has everything. The wise men gave in great quality, as in quantity, the wise men great, gave great quality and quantity. Too many of us today often give God the leftovers. We give Him the leftovers of our time, of our talents, of our treasures. Well, I, I can't go to church today. I'm, I'm too tired. Uh, I'll go when, I'm, when I've slept in, when I'm good, when I've, when I've gotten my, my 16 hours of sleep. And, uh, whoa, 16 hours of sleep. You know... <clears throat> God wants you to give your very best. Amen. He always wants to give you uh, the very best. And he wants you to give him the very best. When you first met your spouse, did you give her leftovers? Or did you present yourself in the best way possible? I know the answer to that. You gave your very best. Or she or he wouldn't be with you today. I promise you that. You gave them the very best. How much more does our God deserve? Amen. He deserves the very best from you. Amen. Amen. Let's continue. Amen. Point, or not quite. Worship worship requires giving freely. Worship, when the wise men came, their gifts included submission, adoration, and homage. Homage. They were worshiping. That's what we do when we give of our time, our talents, our treasures. We're actually submitting. We're submitting to His will, not our will. We're adoring Him. We're paying homage to Him. The evidence of their worship came in the gifts they gave. and the gifts they gave. I can tell by the, by the time, the talents and treasures that you give to our church, how you worship your God. I can tell. And, and that's not judging you. That's just the fruit. You're bearing fruit. You bear fruit when you do that. Amen? Yeah. To, to give to God means that we give him all there is in us. God doesn't want your leftovers, nor does He deserve your leftovers. He deserves the very best you can. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen? amen. All that we have, all that we are, amen? Every single day. And then that leads me to our third point. Wise men still listen to God's warnings. To God's warnings. And what I mean about, by that is the last verse we read, verse 12. The dream... The Lord gave the wise men was to not go back to Herod, but go back another way, another route. See, God always will give us a warning. Amen. He'll always keep us safe and say, hey, look, I got your back. You just got to listen to me. Now we can make that choice and decision to say and and to ignore it and say, well, no, I I think this is why I I think I'm right. Or we can listen to the voice of God speaking to our heart. Thank God the wise men listened, amen? And then he'd go back to Herod. Because Herod would have killed them. And then he would have discovered where Jesus was. But Satan always has a plan to try to destroy the works of God. And God always wins, amen? God always wins, amen? The question for you today is, what have you given God that is of, of great value? What have you given God that is of great value And this is going back just a moment ago when I was talking about about your gifts. What have you given God that is of great value? And I want you to just think about that. Think about that. And as we enter this new year, I want you to think how you can give him even more of your time, your talents and treasures. Amen. I want you to challenge yourself because when you challenge yourself and you begin to grow, God begins to pour out so many blessings in your life, in your life in your marriage, in your children. And and I I mean, there's so many people here that I've seen that happen. And how many here this year have been blessed because they've challenged themselves to grow? Raise your hand. I know there's quite a few of you that have grown and grown in the Lord. Amen. So again, going back to, to these warning signs, God always gives us warning signs in our personal walk, in our walk corporately as a church. How many know that together we will advance? Together we'll fall uh, or we'll fail. But together we're going to walk in the will of God and we will continue to succeed. Amen? Amen. We'll go forward. Amen. So God's warning here superseded the word of the king. God's word, God's word here will always supersede the word of man. If, if your boss, if somebody is telling you something and it goes against the word of God, this word right here will always supersede what any man will tell you. Amen. It doesn't matter what they tell you. If they're telling you to do something that's unethical, that is the opposite of integrity, that is the opposite of what you know to be right, you always go with the Word of God. Amen? Even if it costs you your job. Because God has something better for you. God has something better for you. Amen? God always gives us warning signs. Thank you, Lord. And then finally, my last point. Wise men depart from Jesus as changed people. See, when you first come to know the Lord, we change. Have you ever heard me say, Lord, I pray that today we leave here different than when we came? How many here today, by showing your hands, are different than before they came to know the Lord? Raise your hand if you're different inside. Of course you are. You're a new creation. The Bible says the old is dead now. The old is gone. The new has come. The new has risen. And as I look around, I see these new creations in Christ and how proud your papa, daddy in heaven must be. He is proud of you, his children. Amen? Conversion speaks of change. Change speaks of conversion. If you are not experiencing change, I would beg to even say that maybe you haven't been converted. Amen? And uh, I know that when I look at you, I see change, I see conversion. See, when a person comes in direct contact with Jesus... Something's going to happen. Something's going to change. There's something inside that's going to want to change. Something inside that's going to want to say, Lord, forgive me. I've been doing it wrong all my life. Father, I need more of your help. I need you to guide me. I need you to protect me. There are things inside of you that you'll begin to to ask God for the very first time in your life when you come to know Him. Amen? Because it's not until you get sick and tired of being sick and tired... That you begin to ask God for help. Far too many of us at this time of the year, it's depressing for them. And they turn to alcohol, they turn to drugs to numb the pain, to to make it through another day. How many are thankful you don't need that anymore? How many are so thankful that you don't have to turn to a bottle that will make you numb to all the pain around you? Amen? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we we can be different that we're not the same as we were before. Amen. Amen. The wise men were truly converted. Not only physically did they go a different route, but they came face to face with the newborn king. Can you imagine what that must have done in their in their spirits? They came and the Bible says they worshiped him. They probably got down on their knees and they as they presented the gifts to Mary and Joseph and to Jesus, they began to worship the Christ child, the Bible says. They were transformed from the inside out. Amen? They left different that day. They left challenged that day. These men met Jesus and Jesus changed their life forevermore. And this morning, as, as we close this morning, I want to remind you that when you meet Jesus, you, need to, you should be leaving differently than when you came. Amen? When people meet Jesus, they leave differently than when they first came. It's an impossibility to come and be in the presence of God and leave the same. It's an impossibility. If, you're truly, if you truly have a heart, if you truly have a soul, if you truly want to be changed, it's impossible to be, to be in the presence of God and not be changed. As I shared last week on our trip to Tijuana last week, our missions trip, I would challenge every one of you that didn't go, if you would have gone, you would have been changed forevermore. If you saw what we saw, the poorest of the poor, the the people that nobody cares about, and they struggle and they make it happen every day, you would leave there changed when you walk into the presence of God. That is what wise men do. Wise men still seek Him today, and wise men still worship Him. Amen?